Hey, what's up everyone? John Lee here, also known as the Property Shark. And today our guest is Erico Tony. He is the principal property management of Gammon Living. In fact, uh, it's derived from Gammon International. They have over 35 years of proven property management experience. And now they've introduced their new single unit residential property management subsidiary called Gammon Living. The purpose of Gammon Living is to serve landlords and tenants by making the rental and management process seamless and effective. After all, renting should be made easy, and I couldn't agree more with that. Our services include full service property management, tenant placement, and rental project marketing. So today we're going to talk all about real estate, um, his journey of how he got started with Gammon Living, um, and how you know they got connected with Gammon International. We're going to talk about the current circumstances that you know he's looking and experiencing through COVID-19 special times, especially with landlords and tenants, and most importantly, you know, his point of view and perspective on how things will eventually play out um, in the near future. So I'm super excited about this podcast. Um, definitely enjoy the podcast and don't forget to hit subscribe for more awesome episodes soon to be coming on. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Hey, Erico. Hey, John. How are you? Good, good, good. Doing yeah. good. How about yourself? Doing okay. Doing okay. Um, thank you so much, Erico, for uh, coming on our, our, our podcast today on the rise. And uh, Erico, is, uh, he's the, the founder of Gammon Living or co-founder of Gammon Living. Um, and they are a property rental management company in Vancouver, BC. Uh, they've done really well, exceptionally well. And um, they have a lot of great Google reviews. Um, as well. And uh, Erico, do you want to quickly introduce yourself? I mean, that was a short yeah. version. Yeah, no, no worries. <laughs> uh, thanks for inviting in, John. Uh, yeah, so we are a residential property management company. Our company is called Gamma Living. Uh, I'm one of the owners. We have four owners in the company. Uh, we are a subsidiary company of Gamma International. So Gamma International uh, does uh, strata uh, commercial leasing commercial sales and they used to have like a single unit residential so what we do is uh, we partner up with Gamma International's uh, sons uh, Justin Chu and Stanley Chu and that uh, right now we took over and managed this residential single unit and opened a subsidiary company Gamma Living so Gamma Living specialized in single unit residential and uh, we do full, full property residential management and then we do tenant uh, placement as well just an placement if some landlord would prefer that. Uh, we also do hub developers uh, such as rental project marketing as well. Um, so if developers decided to uh, rent, rent other properties for a couple of years before selling it, we can help them to manage those properties and find tenant for them. And uh, yeah, that's just a short version of what we do in Gamma Living. Yeah, great. And do you focus primarily in Vancouver or are you? Oh yeah, yeah, we, we, we manage uh, uh, properties are across uh, lower, ma- lower mainland. So downtown, Richmond, Burnaby, uh, Coquitlam, Port Coquitlam, um, Surrey, we does it too. So uh, New Westminster, yeah, we, we do we do across the board. That's awesome. Yeah. 
So for everyone, if you're a tenant or, or if you're an investor and you're looking for someone to, to do property rental, uh, definitely give Gammon Living a shout. We'll link everything down below after this interview. Uh, and uh, Erico, before we kind of get into your journey, you did mention this uh, painting or not painting, but this artwork that I have um, yeah, I it. from, from it. One Life. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what's your take on that, Erico? Well, I want to hear what's the story on it. <laughs> My story? Okay. <laughs> Well, um, okay, so the short story was um, this artwork is actually from Iconic. So they make canvases um, and they're quite popular. And they did a collaboration with Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, Gary V, nice. Yeah, so they had um, an exclusive, I guess, line with their Gary Vaynerchuk. And uh, this was one of the pieces that they had put together. So I have a couple of pieces throughout my house. Um, just to inspire me and motivate me um, kind of to, to showcase kind of uh, that life is short. In my opinion, I think this is a great piece because it tells me that life is short and we, we only have one life. So make the best out of it. And this has been able to inspire me to push forward when times are rough, but also inspire me to push over, uh, inspire me and, and keep on pushing when times are good as well, just to keep myself collected and not get too excited and just be, be calm always. So that's good. It's like YOLO. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially YOLO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, but definitely that's a good story, man. I mean, like, uh, uh, you know, I, as an entrepreneur, you live your life, you only have one life to live. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's very fun to do that. Because every single day, uh, you can you know do your very best, and then when you see the result, you feel like okay, I I I I made it. Like, and if you don't do the result, there's there's always different ways that you can do to to make yourself better or make your company better. And you know, life is not a narrow road, right? There's always many different ways we can do. And yeah, that's why like I I love I love that painting because like one life definitely because you know when you die, what else can you uh, I mean, bring with you, right? It's only memories that you have. This is that's, true. That's powerful. And yeah. and your legacy too is like up until like your deathbed, like what you do in this current moment of life would dictate your impact on, on the, the world after yeah. you. Right? Uh, I don't know if you, have you read the book Seven Habits of Successful People? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember like we in university, we were told by an English teacher to give a summary and then I remember that that was one of my statues and the first one was in order for you to see your goals you got to see when you die uh, what people remember you as what people yeah, your legacy as what you said and that really stick to me you know like when Kobe Bryant now he passed away I, I don't know if you watch basketball oh yeah, yeah. my heart was broken <laughs> your heart's <laughs> but, but, but you know people first thing they think about Kobe is the mamba mentality you know mm. but, uh, focus, uh, persistent, never give up. Uh, and, you know, it, it's so cool that every field that he go, he go to a financial field, he succeed. He go to the creative field, he succeed. And because of his focus and his drive and making people around him better, that got him better, uh, got him to where he is. And, you know, if I die and I can be like Kobe like that, man, that'll be, that'll be really nice. Like the whole world basically just like stop for a minute and just you know, remembering you, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Especially in, in the fast-paced world that we live in, yeah. even those minutes count. Like, I, I remember I was just, for that whole day, I was just 
done. Like I couldn't <laughs> do I couldn't do anything else. I was just like, wow. Like, are you you a basketball fans too? I am. I am. Yeah. <laughs> no lie, Kobe, Kobe. You know, every time when we have a, a like a paper, we roll it up. And it's a garbage. We always say Kobe. Yeah, fade away, fade away, Kobe. <laughs> so it's just like, man. Now, now it's like when you say it, your heart just like, oh, that legend, you know. Yeah, it's fun time. Yeah. Fun time. I know, I know. So who's your who's your basketball team? Uh, for me, I don't have a team. Uh, I, I when I first started basketball, I loved Kobe, uh, but then as LeBron got into the lead in two thousand three. Um, I love him, man. I just love the way he played, unselfish, passed the ball. People hate him because of things that he said. He might not be very good at PR. <laughs> but, but, but definitely, he is uh, one of the players that I look up to because like, he not only contributes a lot to the society, uh, he, he helped his team to grow. Every team that he goes uh, will be close to playoff or go to finals. Uh, except for the Lakers, just scratch it off for <laughs> one year. <laughs> but there's a lot of injury in that team, right? Uh, but usually, yeah, I go to finals and, you know, that, that's cool. It's like a CEO kind of mindset. Like, he can go to any other, like, I, I treat like the team as a company. He can go to any company and really bring them to the next level. Mm. And, and, you know, I, I, I see him like, oh, if I can be that guy that I can just go into a business and grow that business, it'll be really cool. And, and it's not easy because like, you know, when you're dealing with people, especially in basketball, you got to know their pain, their pain point, what motivate them, uh, how to encourage them, how to help them out. There's a lot of people skills that you need to do. And, and he's able to do it night, day in, day out with a triple double. That's crazy, man. I, I, I used to be in a school team. So for me, like seeing him doing that. Wow. What about yourself? Yeah. Uh, again, don't really have, a team, although Toronto's kind of always been my team. Yeah, we cannot. We have one team. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so other than Toronto, again, I'm kind of like you. I watch for the players. Um, and so right now, um, Giannis is, is probably a player that, that I've been watching. Yeah. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, Luka Doncic is, okay. is really. Amazing. More of the guys, right? Like they're, they're up and coming. So I can see the, the resemblance. There was uh, the underdogs. They used yeah. to, like, when it came in, they, they said Luca was not going to be as good as uh, Pozing, uh, not Pozingas, like uh, Dirk. Yeah. They say, like, oh my God, he's going to blow like uh, Andrea Bargani or something. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> he's killing it, man. He's killing it. I mean, like the only, the only time people don't know that he played professional for a very long time. Mm. So I think he's so 16, I believe. Yeah, in the yeah. Euro League, he was—he's a big, big time. Yeah, yeah. So I won't be—I didn't surprise when he—he he really killed it in the second year, the first year. <laughs> yeah. His his move, that move that he made with like a like a like a fadeaway. I mean, not fadeaway, like a jump to the side to do shoot a three point. That he can last it for throughout his career. Mm. But like, if you see people like Giannis, I don't. If he's not improving in shooting, I don't know how long more you can sustain that. Mm. Right, right. I mean, like, that's why I said Luca is gonna be the next big thing for sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, Erica, where where did you play ball uh, in university? You said no. I, I played ball in. I started playing basketball. I I grew up. Uh, I I'm originally from Indonesia. I'm okay. Chinese. 
uh, and then I grew up in Singapore for nine years uh, because there was a riot in Indonesia, I think back in 1999 or something like that. And then uh, in Singapore, uh, I, I, gave, I came to Vancouver after staying there for nine years. And then in Singapore, I was in this basketball school team. And so I came here, I played school team in high school. Uh, and then it was fortunate enough, we even got to play um, in California as well. So oh. it's like um, kind of like a trip that we play against US team. And it just opened my eyes that, hey man, I'm just an Asian. <laughs> I, I couldn't fly. <laughs> and I think I better stick to what Asian good at business. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in the end, I, I pivot from, uh, from basketball to uh, business and a uh, business. And, you know, as a young, we, we try to work at many different industry. And then in the end, uh, I, I, I found real estate has I kind of like a love for it because I used to like to play Monopoly. Um, mm. when I was young and then I like I like the, the the feeling of like oh I get a hotel or I like, get like a few houses get to a hotel investment and then it started to me uh, getting a job at BAM Communications it was one of the top creative agency uh, in Vancouver for real estate so they do for like Concord Oni Group uh, Coromandel like all the big developers like for example their branding their renderings their digital uh, interior design and some of the social media as well. And then, yeah, and then um, one of my business partner now, uh, he used to be my boss, Andrew Wu. He, he see potential in me, he believed in me, and he asked me to start a property management business together. And that's where we found the Gamma International Sons, Justin Chu and Stanley Chu, and we've created this subsidiary company, Gamma 11. That's amazing. It's, it's funny. I actually spoke with Andrew uh, yesterday. <laughs> we had a nice chat. So uh, it's funny. And I spoke with Sam too. Um, Pulse. Pulse yeah, Digital. Pulse, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Andrew, Andrew, definitely, I see him as a, as a brother, as a, as a mentor as well. Uh, yeah. And then I met Sam through Andrew. So Andrew is also one of the owners at Pulse. So yeah. And it's, it's kind of a synergy that everybody is helping each other out in this industry, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And uh, we just want, I want to rewind a little bit, Erico, back to uh, when you said you played basketball and then you figured you probably best to stick with business, <laughs> what Asians are good at. Um, you, you grew up here in Vancouver. Um, what were you like uh, as in, in high school? Were you outgoing? Were you a nerd? Uh, you know, to be honest with you, uh, if you can hear from my accent, I do still have like a mixed accent of like Singaporean slash Indonesian slash a little bit of Canadian. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't good and my English wasn't fluent and people used to make fun of my English. And for me, I don't really care. Uh, I, I just love meeting new people, learning about their life. Uh, and my people person, maybe, uh, I just like to say hi to people and just uh, connect with them. Uh, I, I try not to stay in my group because a lot of, International students, when they come here, they like to stay in the, you know, the Chinese group or the, uh, the Indian group or whatever group they have, Mexican group, whatever it is. And I like to mix around, going to different groups, learning about their culture, uh, the way they think, uh, how they, they solve different, different stuff, how they approach things. And, and it opened my eyes. And then I, yeah, and then from that onwards, then uh, in the basketball team, our basketball team was very diverse as well. We have people from Caucasian, we have people from, we have people from Vietnam, we have people from uh, 
Chinese people too, so and Philippines too, so it, it uh, and Indian too. So it definitely uh, really helped me to to have a mixed culture and really understand everybody's perspective. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, in high school too, I I also like to uh, play around, have fun. Uh, you know, go to parties and stuff. So, I guess because you know you you are still young. Uh, I was told by my one of my uncle, this he told me that as you get older, uh, you won't be able to uh, party as much anymore. So enjoy your youth. So I took it full heartedly <laughs> and really enjoy my youth. <laughs> and then that's when I I get to meet a lot of people too, and we get to connect from there. Yeah. That, 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 that's awesome yeah it seems about right i mean from from just meeting you now it's i think, think that that personality does align with who you are right now and from that point on in high school when you graduated because i guess that would be you we were at a crossroad did you yeah. go to university i mean asian parents same i just i yeah. went straight what 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 happened after you graduated high school uh after i graduated high school uh you know i definitely was like kind of lost. I, I do really want to work. I think uh, my mom uh, really, my mom is an entrepreneur as well. She has her own business. Uh, I believe like 40 plus employees there. Uh, and she always wanted me to take over the company. So I was very uh, entrepreneur driven since I was young. That's how she kind of groomed me. Uh, but you know, because I left my home since I was six years old and I go to Singapore and I go to uh, Vancouver. So I really want to, to work. Uh, I want to work. I just want to learn, like the the feeling of working. And I think, sorry, that was my dishwasher at the back. <laughs> so getting on. <laughs> like, is that a leak? Is yeah, that a leak? Did the pipe no burst? Yeah, no, don't worry. I was like, <laughs> that's just what happened, you know, when you stay at home. <laughs> dishwasher, washer, dryer, everything that's gonna on. Um, but but yeah, I mean, like, and then my mom. Uh, my mom basically asked my mom. I was like, oh, mom, you know, right now I have more free time after high school. What should I do? And then my mom was like, you know, try to get a job. Uh, you know, don't care about money. Uh, you know, look at what you want to do. Because my mom told me that what you learn in school is very different than what it is in real life. Because in school, you most of the time you learn theories. And then in life, you learn the applying those theories and how you can actually use it and using it in many different ways. So uh, as an international student, not a lot of people want to accept Except you because like you know no work experience and people are not sure whether you're gonna last here for a long time so I got lucky enough my first job was uh, it was doing furniture actually uh, I was at the back putting furniture together <laughs> kind of labor work and then from there uh, I saw, how did you get that job I, I just I just sent a bunch of resume man I just I just go everywhere like shopping mall just send resume everywhere uh, because back then email wasn't that popular. Uh, I tried doing email as well, but I didn't get as many response. So I thought like, oh, there'll be a high conversion rate if I just go door to, uh, door, to door. So I did that. Man, I go to Metro Town, go to Richmond, go to downtown, go to everywhere. And the funny thing was I got into uh, uh, kind of like the bricks nearby Coquitlam area there. Mm. Um, and then uh, it was United, United Furniture Warehouse, I believe, but it's closed down already. So I went in there and then uh, they interviewed me and they said they really need someone. And I'm like, okay, perfect. I, I don't care my job. I just want to get a job. I just want to know how it feels like. And then, man, the first day was tough because I, I, I'm not used to the labor uh, intensive. And even though I, I was pretty fit because I play basketball, 
But I'm like, wow, the labor work, the, the demand and everything like that. And I'm like, okay, maybe try a different job. So I try like club promotion. I try uh, cleaning before. I try uh, realtor management. I try retail store. I try, so, I try so many different things. And then, and then, I, and then I realized that what I like to do is uh, not labor. I like to do uh, like helping others, adding value by giving advice and meeting people and also uh, driving around. I, I don't like to stay in the office all the time. So the prop, when property management come in, in uh, the opportunity come to me, I was like, okay, this could be something that I could try it out. And so far, so good. Uh, I have a great team and my team, uh, having a great team is very important to me. And yeah, it's been very supportive and we have been, we have been growing really fast for the past few years. So it's been great. That's awesome. So a couple of things that I, that I really want to touch up on, because you keep on, there's so much, I right. feel like there's so much <laughs> knowledge that, that you can share. It just even like with your experience of growing up in, in foreign cities, yeah. um, did you, did you grow up by yourself or were your, where, where were your parents, like your mom? Cause you said she's back in Indonesia. So yeah. Yeah. So a, a lot of people from Indonesia, they actually go to Singapore all to other, like Australia and stuff, uh, like after the riot. And they usually stay with their relative or they stay with their uh, cousins and stuff. So I, when I, when I grew up, I, I moved to Singapore. Um, and then uh, I was staying with my cousins and my aunts and stuff. Uh, so my mom was still there, but then my mom was like, because Indonesia and Singapore was like an hour kind of flight. So he was there. She was back and forth, back and forth a lot because she, she still she understand when I was still young. And I have three older sisters. My sister was like nine years older, eight years older, and six years older. So they were there with me as well. And definitely, uh, in Singapore, you learn you learn how to be disciplined because you know you go to school in the very morning, you get out of school, you come home, you get changed, you have English tutor, math tutor, Mandarin tutor, and then you have. <laughs> And at the very end, you do your homework. After you do your homework, and then you do your test, which is like spelling test and stuff. And then you go to sleep, and then you cycle it again, cycle it again every day. So that's like, I think it was 16 hours of like just schedule. And your break is only when you eat. <laughs> so so the, I, I grew up at that kind of schedule until I was like, before I came here, so until I was like 15, 16. So now when I start working, I have the same schedule. Woke up at like, 6 a.m., 7 a.m., uh, workout, after workout, meeting, 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 uh, appointment, appointment, and then do all the work. After do all the work review, and then reply to all emails and texts, and then go to sleep. <laughs> so, <laughs> same, same hustle. It's just different, different things. So. Yeah, the different, uh, different schedule, but, different but schedule. the same, same, same yeah. Yeah, yeah, same outline. And why did you decide to come to Vancouver, and how did that happen? Oh my God. Oh, that story, man. So what happened was I love basketball a lot. And then uh, I really want to, everybody who loves basketball would say, I want to be an NBA. And then, and then my sister was like, oh yeah, you know, Vancouver has Vancouver Grizzlies here. You know, you come here, you know, there's a chance you can get into the Vancouver Grizzlies. There's like program and stuff in Singapore, uh, you know, in Asia, you, you, you feel that it's so far of a reach to get the NBA. So I came here. And then Vancouver Greece is left. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I 
and then so so the closest one was Seattle Supersonic. Uh, and then for me to get to Seattle Supersonic, I need my US visa. And it took me a while to get my US visa because I, I don't know how to do it. Uh, and then once I get my visa, Seattle Supersonic moved to Oklahoma. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so, so my first experience was actually watching Portland Trail Blazers. And that was a really cool experience. I seeing the NBA players on the first hand, wow, I I understand why they are NBA players because you know the way how they think about the game, uh, the way they move, how quick they are, how strong they are. And I'm like, wow, I'm just so far away from that. <laughs> I'll be a spectator. Because <laughs> physically, my, my body, uh, what happened was uh, when I was grade 12, uh, I realized my knee started to hurt a lot every time when I jump. Because uh, I put in a lot of effort working on my game, like four to five hours every day. And then my knee really couldn't, uh, couldn't really take it. And I, but now looking back, I realized that recovery is as important as working hard. So uh, back then when you're young, you know, you think you're invincible. <laughs> you just keep going and going and going. But as you get older, you realize that, okay, recovery actually will get you more results. So even in business now, uh, I try to take a day off on Saturday uh, just to hang out with my girlfriend or hang out with my friends, just buying groceries and stuff. And then when I eat lunch or dinner, I try to hang out with someone instead of having lunch while you're doing work on the computer. Because then you don't give enough break for yourself and that's when you tend to make mistakes. And you know, when you make one mistakes, it's like um, you have to do way more work and it's way more inefficient, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, so. No, that, that's a good, I think what you mentioned there was really good in terms of the habit that, that you build of working hard, but also recovery. And I feel like even even myself, like you're, you're so used to just go, 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 go. And then, but like, even when you're tired and you need a break, you still push yourself. And then that one error is like, Oh crap. I need like, maybe it was a one minute error, but you need 30 minutes to fix that. And it's, yeah. it's just a disaster. So. <laughs> yeah, it is. Especially, you know, uh, I know as a, as a realtor and a property management, you know, uh, especially putting the, the misspell the name or something like that, you need to ask all parties to sign the agreement again. And for you to chase the parties to sign the agreement again, I'm like, oh man, that's like forever. Especially if the party's overseas. <laughs> that take a long time. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. That, that's very true. That's very true. And uh, take me through a little bit because like, it's, it's interesting to hear it from you because you're from, again, I grew up with Asian parents and normally like the school going to university was the route after high school, but your, your mom was like, like, go find a job. So what is oh, your take on that? Like in terms yeah. of getting my, my mom, my mom, my mom told me is like, I don't care what you do. I just mm -hmm. want you to, to graduate. Of course, because I have I, I a study visa, I still need to go to school, but I was working like 20 hours on the side. Uh, but I was, instead of working on school, I was more focused on getting uh, the jobs. Oops, sorry. Hello? Sorry, that was a phone call. I got it. Uh, yeah, so, so uh, but I was more focused on getting the, the jobs. So what I do is uh, I focus a lot on uh, getting the good jobs that I want to get the skills on. And then for school-wise, I just get an easy course. But I do know I want to get into business. So, so the first year, 
I look, I look, okay, what's my requirement uh, for business? Like how many credits and what the fourth year, third year, second year, first year look like? And what do I need to do to just hit the minimum? <laughs> life hacks, life hacks. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, so for the minimum, I was like, okay, I just need like 2.7 or 3. I was like, okay, I, I can probably get that. I can probably get that. And then I, I look at the, the timing that I have. Okay, I was like, how many courses minimum that I could take for school as well? What considered as full-time? I believe, I don't, don't quote me on this, but I believe it was like four, three courses. And then so I realized that, okay, now four, three courses. Let me see. So I usually want to put like one hot one and three easy one or, or like two medium and two easy. So then I can, I can bury the stress while working. Uh, yeah, and then once, once I do it, and then I also make time for like, okay, I also want to socialize because I realized that, uh, you know, my mom taught me when I was young, EQ is more important than IQ. Uh, socializing, getting connected, and helping each other out is very, very important because that wow. in long term. And then so I took that to heart because my uncle told me too. My uncle, my uncle is very successful, he's multimillionaire. So he told me as well when I was young. So I was like, okay, let me focus on partying. <laughs> so, so I took I took some time and focus on partying. And and I always party with people that that I trust. Uh, because for me, uh trust is very important. Uh trust, loyalty, uh, you know, you when you honest honesty like when you come to each other you are you come in a position where you want to help each other but not trying to take advantage of each other because because it, then why what's the point of me having friends with you because if you keep trying to take advantage of me while doing behind my back and and i don't like those feelings so i try to surround myself with like many individual and people who's like very driven i uh, want to succeed in what they want to do uh so that motivate you as well so i i try to build uh, my friends more and more and more and we find ways to support each other in everything that we can do in life and and yeah so then I, I do that and then you know has has it progressed second year was hard third year was getting easier and the fourth year was hard but I do realize that uh, has it, it get uh, the year has goes by you become more efficient in studying so uh, in school uh, you uh, the trick is to mix with people who are smart. <laughs> the heck. <laughs> and willing to help. <laughs> That's important. That's important. In exchange, you help them in other areas in your life. <laughs> in partying. Other, yeah, can be partying, can be anything else that, 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 that they want to help. For example, discounting here, whatever it is. Um, and, and, and I create also like a group where like we... We help each other out even for uh, homework and tests. Uh, we have a certain group that we always go together and we learn how to uh, help each other on our weakness area. So the good, yeah, so then without my team, I definitely have a hard time uh, graduating. So pretty thankful to my team for sticking together. <laughs> no, that, 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 that's amazing. It's kind of like almost like a mastermind, right? Yeah. It, like, like except for school. Except for school, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because a lot of time in school it's like, uh, especially if you're in SFU or UBC, uh, they 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 focus on themselves, right? Not a lot of people want to socialize sometimes, 
So, and then like people have their own groups. So now I was fortunate enough to be accepted in some groups. So that's when we able to create our own mini group to help each other out. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And take me through, I guess you were working, focused on work, learning different skills, trying different jobs while in school, making connections, part, partying a little bit here and there, networking. And when you graduated, what was on your mind? Whoa. Uh, it's funny because I, when I graduate, people around me tell me like, get your PR, get your PR, get your PR. <laughs> get your because like you know that's one people come here from international they always thought about pr is the most important thing but for me it's like uh before i graduate actually one year before i graduate i, I sit down and <clears throat> i try to vision myself what my life i want to have so i told myself that uh i want to have a company that go ipo and my biggest goal is uh to clean the water of indonesia so wow. i told myself so I was like, oh, okay, if I, clean, if I can clean the water of Indonesia, I can probably retire and say, okay, I'm done. Okay, I can die now. Because <laughs> so, that, that is the thing that makes me like, okay, I think I achieved what I want to achieve in life and I'm good. And then, you know, but in order for me to get there, I need to have a company and you have a company that is successful. And I've seen companies that are successful, they need a lot of funding. That's why I thought about IPO. I thought about like, and then people at a high level, they have connections to other people. It's easy for them because of their status. It's easy for them to get help around them. Mm. And then, so, and then I also uh, thought about, okay, I, I love real estate. I also want to have real estate around the world. Uh, I want to be able to travel around the world. I, I want to be able to, my families, uh, my friends, my loved ones to, I'm able to support them financially and emotionally, mentally sometimes when I'm available. Um, and they are the real because I see many rich people going to real estate, so I was like, okay, maybe real estate is important as well. And so yeah, those all those are one of one of few things I I vision myself, and I vision myself having like a, a house at the beach area with nice water view. <laughs> wow! Right? And then like the big screen love, and then had uh, using motorcycle Harley Davidson, and then like have a a, a car um, like a Range Rover car. So I see that. And now I'm like, okay, how do I get there? <laughs> now I see where I want to go. How do I get there? So then I knew that I have to be in real estate. Um, so then I started to look for jobs in real estate. And then that's when I get into BAM Communications. Um, and for BAM Communications, I was very, very fortunate enough. And, you know, I, I got I to thank God for the blessing. And then, like, uh, I met with Andrew. And Andrew really, like, uh, help me out with a lot of things about business world, about um, how things are working out, how to, how to think positively, uh, many things, how to be successful in life. Yeah. And then, then we, then we started a business, came on living. So. That's amazing. And, and you mentioned having that vision there. Do you write down your goals every day? Like, do you, do you yeah. picture your vision every day? Do you do that? I, you know, the funny thing, I, I used to write down my goals, but it didn't stick with me. So I try to stick it with me. So every day when you do like treadmill in the morning and then you keep saying it because you, because I, I remember, I think Anthony Robbins was saying, you got to say it out. You got to feel it with emotion. So I said in the gym, like, oh, I want this. I want that. It looks like a crazy person. <laughs> so I try to say it in the heart sometimes too, but it didn't stick with me as much uh, because what I realized is pe everybody have different way of learning. 
And my mentor, uh, I used to sell orthotics, and one of my mentors taught me that, sales mentor, she taught me that everybody has a different way of learning. Some people learn it by uh, reading, some people learning by the picture, some people learning by listening, some people, uh, yeah, a different way of learning, learning, right? So some people learn by like practice. So for me, that I realized that I'm a picture guy. So instead of writing it out, I have like uh, a vision of the picture that I want to be. So I have the big vision, what I want my life goal to be and I have the picture of it so I can vision it. And then every year I have a, a goal that I set for myself a picture. So I picture for health, I picture for wealth, I picture for spiritual, I picture for uh, business, I picture for friends and family. So I, I wrote down there. And then every year I review or every mid-year I review myself. It's like, oh, how far am I from there? Am I close to there? Am I far from there? What am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? How can I pivot to, to achieve what I want to achieve? Yeah. That's powerful. That's very powerful. And fast forward, BAM Communication, how did you get into that job? I guess a lot of people would be curious. To, it, yeah. it is a, a very big, uh, well-known company for, for, for what they yeah. do. Yeah, so, so I use, so I'm a Christian. Um, so back then I used, uh, I, I sent a bunch of resume. Trust me, I sent like 300, 600 resume. I, every job I see there's potential, I just send. And back then I was focused on sales. So I keep sending, saying, and I go to like, I don't know how many interviews, 40 interviews, 50s interviews, and it doesn't click with me. And then one day I asked the God, I was like, hey man, uh, I, I have faith and I believe whatever you send me is, is good, it's legit, and I trust in you. So then he gave me this opportunity. And then I remember sewing BAM communication renderings. I was like, holy crap, this looks really nice. <laughs> I was like, man, I, I, I want to learn more about this company and look at the website. I was like, wow, that's like amazing website, amazing, um, uh, amazing renderings and everything like that. And I was like, man, I really want to know like how's the culture is like that. I really want to learn from everyone. I really want to understand this, this, this thing, the behind, the mechanics behind it. So I sent a resume and and I got a response pretty quickly. Andrew replied me back. So I was like, oh man, this is awesome. I was like, okay, let me let me try to apply. And then when I apply, I met Andrew uh, at an interview. And it was so funny that before the interview, I did some research uh, because you want to be prepared. And then I realized that Andrew has the same birthday as me. Uh, we go uh, October 13th. And I was like, holy crap, it's meant to be, right? <laughs> and then... And then my name was, uh, my mom uh, back then was just, is, before he, she named me Eriko, she named me Andrew. But my dad couldn't pronounce Andrew because in Indonesia, you got to roll your R. So it's like Andrew. So he, he, has, he has problem uh, pronouncing Andrew. So in the end, my mom changed my name to be Eriko. It's easier to pronounce. The R. Mm. Yeah, the okay. R thing. And then, and I was like, wow, wow, this guy named Andrew. And then he's like, 13 October. I'm like, wow, I really want to see what this guy. And then he came in. I still remember he was wearing Rolex and it was a nice suit. And then, oh, sorry. sorry, I just have a lot of phone calls today. No worries. Give me one sec. Let me, yeah. let me uh, shut off my phone. Cool. Okay. Yeah, let me, yeah. So, so yeah, and then, um, and then Andrew showed me all the renderings and everything like that. 
And then I was just like, well, I was like, I want to be in this company. So then Andrew hired me. And then Andrew hired me. Um, mine is blown because at, at there, everybody was very positive about life. Everybody was very driven. And everybody's uh, helping each other out. Everybody was nice, was kind. Um, and everybody is always looking to perfect their, their artwork or finding ways to get more clients and stuff. So, yeah, BAM was very good uh, uh, lesson for me, uh, learning from all those people, the directors, the, the managers, the, the seniors, everybody. And how many years ago was that when you first... Oh, that was, uh, that was probably a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago. I don't remember the, the, the exact date, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then from there, you said Gammon Living. Was this an idea that, that you brought to Andrew? How did you pivot from BAM? Because yeah, so it was creative so to property management. Yeah, so Andrew was, was my, um, was was my kind of like the director. So I was doing the sales and marketing. And then Andrew was like telling me, he was like, wow, there's so many pre-sale coming on the market. And I said, like, yeah, there's a lot. It's good for us because then we have more business from the developer. And then and he was like, well, with a lot of business in the market, there'll be a lot of people want, wanting to rent their properties, finding people, finding a tenant. And there's a lot of immigrations coming to Vancouver. And then they say like, you want to start a business? I was like, what it is? And then he was like, let's do property management. Like back then, we have zero idea about property management. We don't know, you need a license, you don't know anything else, like nothing, zero. So, so I just said, okay, just do it. Because I'm like, why is there to lose? Um, and, but back then, I was having a hard time too, because back then, uh, I, I just recently, almost to graduation, and my mom was pressuring me to, to, to go back home to take over the business. Because remember, I have an established business, and, and my sisters are, uh, have their own uh, professional careers and you know usually for Chinese culture the son take over the business and then so I was having a really hard time not knowing whether if I start a business now will it be um, you know putting my putting my family in a in a position where nobody carry on the legacy that, that was a very tough choice but uh, I, I asked, I asked the, the man above and then, you know, and then, and I say that if, if, if things, if, if you say this is the right business, uh, open the doors for me. And then it was crazy. Ever since we opened the business, business just comes naturally. Like we are working West Bank now. We work with Everett Properties, we work with PCM, and we have a, a lot of investors. And business just keep coming. And then to a point where now it's like, I just need to focus on getting the tenants, making sure operation looks good, making sure my quality is good. But, you know, I, I, before property management, I start my own side business, like a chili business. I start my own cleaning business where I clean people's house and, and clean the car as well. Uh, I, start, I start selling stuff online. Uh, I do blogging. I try many different things, but none of them, really grow as much. And even some of them grow as much. Uh, for example, cleaning was pretty good. Um, and then uh, the chili was doing okay, but, be, but I don't have passion for it. And, and things were growing too slow, I feel. But property management, uh, it was growing uh, really fast. And then and the people that I meet, my clients and my business partners, 
uh, are very, very fun and nice to work with. So yeah, I just go 100%, <laughs> just 100%. I, I don't look back. And then sometimes if people ask me, do I regret not taking my parents' business? Uh, I do say that, you know, sometimes you make the choices that you have in life and you have to uh, go 100% in order to know whether you regret it or not. And don't regret whatever you do because like, you never know in the future if you can take your business and combine another business and create a bigger business together. So never, never see the impossible, always see the possible, always think about optimistic. And that's what Andrew taught me. And I, I keep having that. So uh, my parents' business has, as Gamma Living grew, I always see myself, okay, one day, my parents' business, I, I'll find some way to, uh, to attach that to my business somehow in the future. That's powerful. That that's really powerful. And for Gammon Living, um, I guess you would have to go get your property manager's license. Yeah, yeah. We have one. Don't worry, we have one. We have managing broker as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that <laughs> and from there I'm on licensed. <laughs> I'm licensed. Just... Yeah, you're licensed, of course. <laughs> I was just jokingly saying that. Um so I guess from uh, before we kind of get a, get into like COVID-19 and, and how you feel the impact has been um, in terms of like getting clients, you said clients, business just kept on coming. Yeah. What, what was kind of your initial strategy to get those first clients? Was it just reaching out to the network that I guess you've built with BAM and, and the developers reaching out to developers that you go <coughs> reach out to consumers? How did you get? Yeah. Yeah. So when we first started out, well, the setup took quite quite some time because you know uh, you got to go to real estate council. There's a lot of like the accounting stuff, the banking, everything like that. Once it's set up, and then uh, we just talk to people because my business partners they have been in the industry for a really long time. They know a lot of people, and it was very easy for them to get to just tell people, "Hey, I'm doing property management now, residential, and I'm going full on," and people just keep coming. <laughs> Understood. And, yeah. and just keep coming and then from that onwards it, it, it multiply because because when people come you want to create a, a service that that is high quality and that is like it's unforgettable and you want to over deliver whatever you can uh do so so from there people say oh my god they do a good job and then they refer to their friends and their friends and then it just keep coming and then, and then recently, uh, we worked with Pulse to increase more of our reach uh, to to everyone. So, so yeah, it's been it's been doing it's been doing great. Um, and I was really blessed to have them because again, my business partners has been in industry for a very long time. So I guess I was lucky in that sense. To, and I I would say if people who started entrepreneur, um, if they want to have a fast track like the hack kind of growth. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, well, like a hack master here. <laughs> but, but partner with someone who, who you see yourself that you want to be with in 10 years or 20 years you're with. I mean, like, uh, my business partners, they are much, much uh, older than me. Okay, guys, don't kill me if you hear this video. <laughs> but, but, but they're older than me and they've been in industry for a very long time. And they know the steps of what a, what it takes to have a successful business for me and they know about hiring employees everything like that for me like i don't have that that knowledge but what i have is hard work 
uh, I have never give up and you can give me anything, I'll do it. And so I don't mind doing all the groundwork. So it's give or take. So I tell them, hey, I'll do all the work, like all the hard work and stuff to set everything up and then you can help me. Just let me know what I need to do and I'll, I'll get it done. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been a very good relationship because uh, they, they do the work as well. And then, but, but I learned so much by working with people who are experienced. Instead of me trying to figure everything out, you know, from failure, mm. uh, it takes a long time. And if, if your goal is really big, then you, you have to make like decisions and you have to make sacrifices including sacrifice your, your time, including sacrifice your, uh, you know, your, your, your shares, company shares and stuff. So just remember that uh, when you do something, it will never, they will always never be the end. It's mm. only the end if you think it's in the end. Mm. So if you think that it can grow more, it can be better, it can be more creative, or it can be like the best or whatever it is. If you put your mind to it, like Kobe Bryant is like, you can get it. But you have to work. You have to work towards it, of course. And doesn't mean working in the one way. You have to work many different ways. Like, just give an example. Of Kobe Bryant. Like he, people say he he's he's great offensive because he work on his left hand, right hand, his pivot foot, left and right. He can shoot left, uh, right hand and left hand, both. If you see his highlights, he shoot with left hand sometimes, some shots. So, the same thing about business. You have you have to. Uh, be flexible uh, and learn many different skills. And, and when the different skills came in, uh, usually in tough times, and a tough time where you need creative strategy, that's when different skills will help you out to solve that that bump. And that's how the if you can solve every bump in a way, and that's how you keep growing more and more and more and more and more. That's powerful. And yeah. from your point of view. It, how do you differentiate yourself from other property management companies? Because it's just like a realtor, right? There's a lot of right. them out there. How? How? From just yeah. So pro- property management company, uh, it's kind of like when I go into the field, I realize that not a lot of them focus on marketing aspect. Uh, and I I graduated from marketing degree, and BAM uh, also is a creative agency that help marketing companies and help developers to create all those beautiful assets so they can they can set it out uh put it on public so and i'm like okay property management doesn't have that and maybe uh this is this is back when i i was looking at mark cuban video he said like when you go into industry you got to be able to know how you can disrupt the industry like make a big impact and i was like okay property management they don't have marketing what if like I can bring these new technologies and marketing, creative, beautiful pictures into property management and create this disruption of like uh, the go-to, like advanced in technology, tech savvy kind of company, make everything so efficient. And then, you know, and even my employees can work from home and stuff. So I was like, okay, let me give it a try because maybe this will work. And then we, and only that, we also focus on working developers because a lot of property management companies, they just focus on working with investors. And then with our connections at BAM, uh, it helped us to talk with developers as well and see how we can help them. Because a lot of developers these days, as you know, 
the market right now for sales, uh, pre-sales especially, might not be doing that well. And some of them want to pivot to rentals. So that's why I'm like, okay. And no one, not, no, no one is doing that in Vancouver. So I was like, why not us? So let's do something that out of the box and create this, this thing that, and be the first one who, who drive it like Tesla. So that'd be pretty cool. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah. And, and just do it. <laughs> just that's, do it. <laughs> that's powerful. I think, yeah, like what you're saying in terms of you always want to think about how you can bring another level of expertise yeah. into a field that's been for around forever. But we see a limited amount of development and growth in terms of the integration of technology right into property management or, or real estate even. So I think that's, that's amazing what you guys have been able to do. So. Yeah. And, and the funny thing, the more we do this and we realize that it actually created win-wins uh, for the community as well, because for us to be able to ask the developers to rent out their properties and or to ask investors and to make life easy for our landlords to sign the lease agreement or to the background check application and stuff. First of all, it increased um, the time or efficiency to, to close a, a, a tenant, right? Because a lot of time investors is, they're always worried at the background application process, like, oh, is this a good tenant and stuff? And they always want information. And then once, once it's done, you know, the process might take some time. We, we help to cut the short, uh, shortened time with a peace of mind for the, our investors. And then for developers, uh, we're able to put more uh, properties in the market. So now renters have more options they can choose from. So with that, then, you know, we're actually helping the community out putting more properties on the market. And, you know, people say they can't find a place. And then most of the, sometimes we have places for them as well that's available. That's, that's wonderful. And uh, Eric, given the current circumstances of COVID-19, uh, how is it impacting the property rental and management side of things? Yeah, so in our property management industry, um, you know, April, starting April, May, June, July, August, it's usually, especially August is our peak, is when the most busiest time that we have. Right now, April, uh, usually that's when we start, we see a lot of people coming to the showings. But COVID-19 really affect the market in a way that it prevent people from international, so from the States, or people other side of Canada, like Toronto, Montreal, Quebec, and stuff. Um, and people from Asia, people from Europe, people from the US coming here. And so what we see is uh, $2,000 and below. Uh, we're able to rent them out, still good. But the, the, the thing is, you have to note that these places they rent it out, they are mostly apartments and they are mostly like... Um, located in a decent location where transportation is pretty easy. Uh, and also they have like good, um, they, it's close to their workplace most of the time. And we realized that a lot of the tenant these days that want to rent, they are looking to get a cheaper rent where they, where they are currently. And most of the tenants that have signed our lease agreement in March, that's the trend that we've been seeing. It might change, we don't know, but uh, I do have some feedback that attendants say they want to have some buffer because they don't know COVID-19, how long it's going to last for. Uh, we, we do stay rented out properties above 2000, but definitely it, it, it's taken a longer time. Again, because right now, 
you're looking at people moving in BC, most of it, right? Or in Vancouver or in Lower Mainland. And, you know, average income in, in Vancouver, I would say 61000 right? And not a lot of people want to spend money like $2,000 and above for rental because people, people want to spend like 30% or 50% of their income on rentals. Uh, at most 50%, and if they go over, they 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 most likely uh, feel nervous. Especially right now, a lot of people are getting laid off, and the government's only giving like a maximum of like $500 per week. And if you have $2,000 per month, if your rent a month is $2,000, and you're just staying alone, that's that's it. You have no food. <laughs> just, that's all your money. So it's very dangerous, right? So that's why people are trying to trying to go like lower rent. Um, and you know, even lower rent, they are very picky still with the location. Yeah, uh, and not only that, the mortgage, the mortgage rate is going down, right? When the mortgage rate is going down, uh, we also realize that um, a lot of uh, some some of our clients uh, sell their properties, and when they sell their properties, then that means uh, more more tenants are buying properties to move in. Mm. That's, what, that's what we're seeing as well so uh, the supply yeah the supply definitely has an effect on that as well I see okay so how like in terms of how do you see this playing out for the, the, the near future like do you see more renters um, continuously purchase more property do you see that being the trend what, um, um, what, what, I, what I see is uh, this is based on me talking to other realtors as well. Uh, they, you know, the first few, a lot of transactions these days are coming from people locally. And it seems like the people coming, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. And then the people who want to do it locally, they have been waiting on the sideline and saying that the market's going to drop. The market's going to drop. The market's going to drop. And now they're like, okay, I think the market's dropped. I'm coming in. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> So they're coming in right now and buying and, and I, I am dealing with some of them who, who just bought properties and want to rent out. But right now the funny thing is when you buy the properties and you rent out, there's more vacancy because COVID-19 is affecting the showing because a lot of people these days prefer virtual showing as well. And, uh, and we, we need to limit the amount of groups able to come to the showings. And even when it comes to showings, we can't, put all the groups coming at the same time, we have to uh, spread them out and only one group is allowed to come in. And when they come in, we only give them a short amount of time and they're not allowed to touch anything. Only our showing agents are able to touch things around and we have to sanitize everything. We got to wear masks and wear gloves, everything. And people, you know, with all those factors, even without the COVID-19, you know, when it's raining, you see people like barely even going out to do showings coming to the showing, sorry, the tenants coming to the showing when it's raining, when it's bad weather. When it's sunny, you see a lot of people. And now with COVID-19, it's like on top of that. <laughs> so, so it's definitely uh, make, make the showing uh, lesser than last year because usually last year at this time, rental is going really fast, quick. It's like rent, 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 rent. Now it's just like slower to rent. It's renting, but it takes longer time. Mm. And when you do rentals, do you primarily do long-term rentals or short-term rentals? Yeah, so we do we do one-year fix uh, and then month-to-month, unless the landlord wants to do 
like six months or month to month to start off. Uh, but most of our landlords are doing one year fix. <coughs> uh, and then for, uh, for we do furnish unfurnished. We don't do short term. We don't do Airbnb. Uh, we just focus on yeah the the I say mid term and and long term. And was there is there a reason why you don't particularly do Airbnb? Is there a lot of restrictions in Vancouver? Uh, no, we we thought about it, but but then we realized that uh, it's a different beast. And. Uh, <laughs> As you may know too, but so and then we realized that you know, in order to be successful as a business, you have to specialize in what you do. And before you pivot to to you know offering another service or offering something else, you have to create a machine that able to uh, run by itself. And when it runs by itself, you have to put the right people in place. Mm. So, so we are still trying to develop this machine where uh, it it grow by itself. Uh, to to a time that we we don't even have to do anything, it can just grow constantly, and you know, creating this machine uh, it takes a lot of time and energy and effort, and we feel that we're almost there, but we're not there yet. We are growing, uh, and we are growing pretty quickly, but when you're growing quickly, when you create this machine, uh, it just take away some time off because then you have to focus on your clients and stuff. So, so yeah. Focusing on the machine was the reason why we we didn't go to Airbnb, but and we we'll, and second reason is we have a lot of Airbnb friends as well, and we don't want to step in to to the market and affecting our friends, uh, our business partners. I would say that they have Airbnb because sometimes what they, what the Airbnb people do is they they give us some renters, like qualified renters. Because what happened is some some uh, some employer they'll pay someone from Toronto, for example, sign a contract with them for a year or two years. Then because they're unable to find a place, they'll stay at Airbnb for one month or two months. And then they will ask the Airbnb host, like, oh, where can I rent this place? And they usually, the Airbnb host will be like, oh, go to Erico, get my mm. living, they might have a place for you. And you know, these people are usually pretty rich, like six figures mm. or high, high five figures, right? Mm-hmm. Some even seven figures. So, so that's when like, and you know, they've been helping us getting our tenants as well so we don't want to step in to, to them and we always want to find a way to add value to people around us mm. so so yeah those are the two reasons why that's amazing that's amazing yeah. Rico. and for investors do you foresee like good locations to invest in uh, from your point of view from the property management side what are some key factors that people <laughs> should look at when you're investing uh, you know when investing <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, if for renting, not for buying. Okay? Yeah, so, for renting. <laughs> um, number one is uh, people are looking, a lot of people are looking more into one bedroom these days because it's just that two bedrooms, uh, the price range is just pretty high for Canadian. Again, Canadian average income is only 60000 plus, right? And if you really break it down after tax, that's like 3000 ish, I believe. Yeah. And then, you know, if 50% of their rent, that's only 1,500, 1,600. So, and Ooh. people in Canada, they like privacy. Mm. So, they, <laughs> they want rent, privacy, and they want like one bedroom, but they only can afford this much. And not a lot of people like to share uh, with another roommates. Mm. Uh, there's a lot, of, yeah, a lot of things. So, so that is why like that, that is important to consider. Number two, to consider is transportation. 
uh, Vancouver, uh, the good thing about Vancouver is bus and SkyTree is easy access, but you also have to consider highways and stuff. So uh, if you're looking for a place to invest, you have to look at, okay, when you're going to highways, uh, is it at a point where it's easy for them to get through? Is it always traffic or at a bus wise, is the bus only at one bus? <laughs> and then how far of a distance to get to a bus stop or like a SkyTrain. SkyTrain will be ideal, but not too close to the SkyTrain because if you're too close to SkyTrain, sometimes the sound of the SkyTrain, uh, renters don't like it because it's really noisy. Sometimes some of them couldn't sleep. Uh, and then the third thing is uh, commercial. Uh, what is the like retail store nearby? Is there grocery nearby? Especially COVID-19, having grocery nearby is very important. Day-to-day -day stuff like banking and stuff. Uh, is it close to your workplace? Because a lot of people want to rent at a place where it's closer to their work. Unless you're a cop, because a cop usually they at a different city. <laughs> so if they work in Vancouver, they'll rent in Surrey. If they work in Surrey, they'll rent in Vancouver. But this, this is like one exception, right? So, but most of the time people want to stay closer to, to, to where they are usually working. Um, and then the fourth thing is pet friendly. Uh, Vancouver, a lot of people have pets, but you have to remember when it's pet friendly, uh, there's always a risk. Your Hoffman deposit may not cover the damages. Uh, and then you also have to consider about uh, the bylaws because some of them require a certain breed, a certain pounds, a certain height, a certain amount of uh, type of pet. And you know, some of them don't accept dogs, some of them don't accept cats. So you have to read, read about that. And the fifth thing you have to, you have to uh, consider about is uh, the bylaws, because especially you buying apartments, some of them uh, doesn't allow rentals, uh, or some of them when you're renting the properties, uh, you have to kind of like bid on it. So it's like it's like a it's kind of like a, a process where only one property is allowed to rent at a time in the building. Mm. So that will create a lot of restriction, and you have mortgage to pay. So we have mortgage to pay. You have to make sure that there's no restriction on it, or it'll be hard. Uh, some landlord would think like, oh, does amenities is important and stuff? Amenities is a bonus. Mm. Doesn't always need to be important. And then, yeah, so that that's mostly it. And then now I see trends where like townhomes and houses are getting popular as well uh, for young families. Because a lot of young houses, wow. Yeah, townhomes, townhouse, townhouse and houses. So a lot of young families these days, like they stay in an apartment for quite some time, or one bedroom or two bedroom or one bedroom and two bedroom, and they and they have kids, and you know they realize that wow, their kids need a lot of space, you know the diapers and all those like milk powder, you gotta stock it up, so and 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 you need space for the kids to to walk around because they have so much energy, right? So then they're looking for those uh, houses, and but houses they're not willing to spend a certain amount again. If husband and wife who's earning like around a thousand six hundred, I mean three thousand, four thousand dollars per month, they're only willing to spend like you know three thousand ish, right? Because a thousand six hundred, a thousand six hundred, fifty percent of their income. So three thousand two hundred, fifty percent of income, sixteen hundred, sixteen hundred times two, husband and wife, thirty two hundred. Just example, just this is an example, using the average income. And then that's how much they're willing to spend. But you have to remember that now they have kids. They, they don't technically want to spend 50% of their income on, uh, on houses unless they need to. They might spend lesser even, some of them, because they want to get a buffer to have enough money for their kids. And if their kids is currently uh, you know, going to private school, that's even more expensive for them.
So that's a, that's another thing to consider too. When you're an investor, it's just location, uh, transportation, the commercial space around there. If it's close to work, easy access to highway, and yeah. also like the what people can afford. That's another like, thing. Yeah, like like grocery store, like like banking and stuff. Yeah, those are important. And again, because pricing, right? So pricing you know, is important too. Yeah, because like if if you if you buy a a three bedroom. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially COVID nineteen these days, uh, not a lot of people can afford can afford that. So you, there, there will be people who can afford it, but you have to be patient with it. But one oh. bedroom studios, you know, there'll be more people who can afford it. One bedroom in the den as well, houses, townhomes. So, so yeah, you have to be careful with the uh, pricing as well. Make sure that when you buy the properties, uh, it's a good price range for you when you get a mortgage, and then. Mm it's it's enough for you you are comfortable with the risk if there's no tenant mm, got it got it and Eriko, how long have you been with gammon living how long has uh gammon living has been two years ish uh, wow. yeah uh, we grew a lot ever since then but i've been in the real estate industry for six seven years not... six seven years yeah that's so, amazing so definitely uh yeah gammon living has been really good Awesome. And what's the, what's the, the five-year plan for Erico? Where do you see yourself in five years? Five years, Gamma Living. Uh, for me, to focus on Gamma Living, <laughs> to get Gamma Living to not only in, uh, be good in Lower Mainland, but maybe to Victoria as well, to Calgary, to other parts of Canada. Hopefully, by then, we're able to penetrate to the United States as well. To Seattle area and stuff, uh, we don't see Gamma Living as just uh, a local brand. We see it international. Um, grow, grow to a team where uh, a team that everybody is uh, open to communication, helping each other out. Uh, teamwork is very important. Uh, I think that's one of the few fundamental that we have in in Gamma Living: teamwork, communication, openness, being honesty to one another. Um, and then yeah, and then hopefully uh, married, get married. Have kids? I know. Probably not have kids. Maybe have kids. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Five years. I don't know. But get married, uh, and then yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Sometimes like the five-year plan, you have the vision in your head, but uh, you never know until you you go through it day by day, and it and it does change every year, mm. depending on your circumstances. But that's why I, I always like the big vision, which is like before I die kind of goal. And every year go. Mm. I don't have the ten year or five years because because it changes. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Would Would there be anything that you would do differently if you could do it all again? Uh, if I do it differently all again, uh, learn Mandarin properly. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in the real estate industry, Mandarin is very important. Uh, when I go to Singapore, uh, back then they have a rule that you need to learn at least two languages. Yeah. So Indonesian and Malay, Malaysian language is very similar, and I want to take that because just the easy route. And my mom was like, "No, no, no, you gotta take Mandarin because Chinese is gonna rule the world one day." Yeah. I was right. She was it's right. True. She's true. <laughs> was Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And, then, and so, so I was forced to Mandarin, and I don't like it because imagine as a six years old, you're learning like Indonesian language. English mm-hmm. and Mandarin at the mm-hmm. same time. 
and and back and I'm not those uh, you know every kid has their own specialty, and I'm more towards math like mathematics. Mm. Uh, I'm not the the type that do the the language and mm-hmm. I was course and I wasn't I wasn't good at it. Uh, but you know in the Asian culture. I don't care if you're good. They just gotta do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I had to do it. But if 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 I were to go back to my six-year-old self, I'll tell my six-year-old self, like, hey, I know it's tough. I know it's not easy, but you know, try your best to to do the to do the best you can. And and you know, uh, you know, it'll be nice if I can surround myself with like uh, Chinese uh, uh, people that can help me out with the spelling and essays whatever it is but yeah they'll be they'll help too because back then in singapore my friends speak english chinese and singlish, mm, english <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so 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 we were like mixing up our language together so i don't know whether the grammar is right or not but yeah as long as it sounds good and people understand <laughs> <laughs> perfect perfect and eric eric will have one last question before we get off here uh thank you again for your time but uh, you mentioned getting married, so I just wanted to to have your uh, your opinion on how um, having a significant uh, significant other has helped you when you're an entrepreneur, right? Like how 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 does having a relationship like how does that impact you as an entrepreneur? Because yeah. I'm sure a lot of people are curious about that too, because you're so busy and you know there's a lot you have to juggle. So what's your take on that? Yeah, so. Um... Uh, I'm the kind of guy before I take action, I'll do I'll do research. I'll talk to people who's like 10 years, 20 years, five years, or whatever. Have they have done it, been there, done that? And I always ask the people who different kind of people who, you know, for example, if people are marriage, I ask people who have four kids, three kids, two kids, one kid, no kid. <laughs> or ado- adopting. At least you can get a different perspective, right? Every day and 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 then you see what kind of life you want to get into. Yeah. Uh, and then for back then, I realized that, you know, after you graduate, you're going to have a hard time uh, getting a, a wife or like a significant others. Because the thing is, after you graduate, you earn money. Uh, and then when you earn money, and then some guys have the mindset, I was like, oh, is this girl want me for my money? Or this girl want me because of me? And then, or some guys were like, being with the girl after the honeymoon phase is done, and then they started to have the, the small fights and they'd be like, oh my God, I don't need her because I'm self-sustainable by myself, right? So, so I realized that when I, before I graduated, I saw people have that issues and then I realized that, okay, then it's better to have someone before like in university because at that university, the problems that you're facing is very small. And if, if I'm going through with a girl that, and she can't sustain even the small things and we can get through it together, I cannot see myself being with her forever. <laughs> it's that simple, right? So, yeah. so I, was, I was very lucky enough. Uh, she, was in, well, she was in one of my class and then she was speaking on the stage and I thought, oh, that's the girl. And, <laughs> and then from that, then we go on a date and then uh, when she... Yeah, when she when she when she really motivated me in a way that uh, just different personality than me. Um, like I'm the kind of guy I just want to get stuff done. Uh, even though I do my research, I take a lot of action. But sometimes I don't really 
think that much before I take the action because I'm an action taker. For her is she like to she like to analyze. So so every time when I go 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 go, she'll be like, no 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 no, you gotta pull me back and be like, hey, like there's a more efficient way of doing things. That's more effective way. Or something she was like, okay, you gotta you gotta read the rules in order for to find the loopholes. How you can the hacks? How to get easier. <laughs> Right, and then and then she taught me many different things that I don't have, and that is why I, I love about I love about my my girlfriend because I, um, she's the opposite of me, and she's very uh, we we are, we are honest to one another, um, but you know, it's just me. I I like to see different side of life, but some people like to see similar side of life with their uh, significant others, so it's important because like as especially as entrepreneur as as you work every day, you work sixteen hours, eighteen hours. Uh, day in and day out, every single day, because you want to grow that business, you you grind for five years, four years, three years. It, it can get pretty lonely sometimes, and then every meeting that you go to is always for business, 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 and then and then and then you ask yourself like, is this is this it in life? You know, and I've seen entrepreneur where like they hustle for like eight years or ten years of their life, and they earn a good amount of money pretty established, their company run by itself, then they start to partying. But again, when they start to partying, when girls come to them, they and then the girls doesn't follow whatever they want. They have a certain perspective, what they want to be. Mm. And they don't follow whatever they want to be. Like for example, like the personalities wise, how pretty they are, whatever it is. And then you say, okay, no, next, next, next. Because in business, it's so easy, right? I mean, if one vendor doesn't work out for you, you go to the next vendor. And next vendor, and next vendor, and there's a lot of vendors out there, right? But it, that's not how it is relationship, because you know, well, even in even business relationship, you want to make sure you you hold uh, you and the vendor grow together, right? And that's how you guys can grow to a next level. Uh, that's why, like having having the girl there to support you and pull you down sometimes, especially for guys, we are so uh, driven. Uh, it it really helps to bring them to earth who we are as a human. Sometimes you forget that your human being, mm. uh, human needs, for example, like sleeping and stuff, because it can get really addicting. <laughs> As I, I I don't have even know what I mean. Like your phone, like you can't get away from your phone because there'll be emails coming in nonstop, phone calls, um, meetings, uh, clients coming in. Everybody need you day in and day out. Uh, everybody need help, and you know, and you you want to help people out, but it's only a certain amount of time. And sometimes, by us having the human side of things, we're able to connect better with our clients, uh, with our tenants or landlords, and able to have a sympathy of what they, they're going through and and have a better relationship. And that will also create higher quality for our uh, landlords and tenants. So yeah, That's amazing. Yeah, so so yeah, having a significant is important. Definitely, definitely Perfect. is important. And uh, lastly, Erico, how can people reach you? Yeah, uh, you can email me at erico at gammon, G for good, A-M-M-O-N, living, L-I-V-I-N-G dot com. Perfect. And social media, just gammon underscore living? Yeah, yeah, gammon underscore living. And uh, yeah, and uh, that's it. Perfect. All right. Thank you for being uh, on our podcast today, Erico, and sharing your, your, your journey with us. No, thank you for your invite. Sorry if I talk too long. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.
<laughs> it's it's all i'm sure there's there's a lot of value in there and i'm sure people will will uh, learn a lot from it so thank you so much let's just cut it out <laughs> <laughs> all right erica well uh i hope you have a good day it was yeah, nice too. talking to you okay take it easy yeah okay bye erica